Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 11. In this and future episodes, I'm going to be talking to you about some of the tools that psychics use in order to pick up information from their client or from the world around them. And in this first look into the psychic's toolbox, we are going to be exploring a divinatory tool called the Hagstone. Intrigued? Let's begin. I'm sort of laughing to myself because I've got everything set up here in the studio and just as I'm starting to record, the people next door are drilling. (laughs) And I mean, what bad timing is that? I've sat here all day, not a sausage of a drill. And then the minute I put the microphone on, there's a little bit of drilling. So if you hear anything in the background, uh, that's what it is. And um, it just goes to show that I'm not in a professional studio. I work from my desk. Now, this episode is all about hagstones. And I'm going to be teaching you how you can do a psychic reading with one of these. But first, I thought I'd tell you about all the myth and the legend about them and um, all the sort of mysterious fictional stuff. In this episode, I will be telling you how you can do a psychic reading with a hagstone. Now, I've got four. It's a bit greedy having four. I don't really need four. But when I pick, uh, when I find one, you can't help but take it home with you uh, because they're quite rare. So um, that's why I have got four of them. (laughs) Now, let me go first back in time. I want to take you on a um, a sort of journey through the myth and the legend about these stones. So let's there's there's different things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about history of them. um, I want to tell you the facts about them. And then I want to tell you how you can actually go ahead and do a psychic reading with them if you happen to possess one. <laughs> um, if you don't possess one, no worries. Uh, I, you can um, use anything that you can look down the centre of, frankly. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a, a stone. It could be the a, a, an emptied out biro or a polo mint or um, anything you like. You can draw a picture of a holy stone, cut it out, cut out the hole and then read through that. It really wouldn't matter as everything is not really to do with the tool that you use. It's to do with your own intuition and your own insight. So you use the tool as a point of focus and everything else comes from within inside yourself. Now, um, let me tell you a few facts about a hagstone. Um, a hagstone is created when water and other elements pound through the stone and eventually it creates a hole at the weakest point on the stone's surface. Rainwater and other types of water are often slightly acidic, uh, but the hole often starts with a weakness in the rock, which could have been naturally made as the rock was settling. So, for instance, a worm burrowing on the beach or uh, might have started off the hole or the hole might have been created by a crack created by high pressure water when the rock is deep, deep under the ground. So once the weakness allows the water to get through, the acidity slowly dissolves the rock and that's what forms the hole. They're often found in streams and rivers uh, or even at the beach. I picked up I think I picked up two of mine at the beach 
One I can't remember where I got it from, and the other one I dug up on my allotment. It was buried in the soil. My allotment is in the middle of London, so how did it get there? Many of these stones with holes in were made by, or certainly started off, by a burrowing bivalve mollusk called Pholus dactylus, which people used to eat. Um, there was a Roman author, a philosopher and commander of the early Roman Empire called Pliny the Elder, and he spoke of the luminescence in the mouths of people who ate folas, the rock-pouring shellfish. Isn't that an incredible thought? Think you eat all the shellfish and then your mouth has got this beautiful luminescence about it. And interestingly as well, poor old Pliny the Elder... Um, apparently, he's believed to have died at the age of 56 in AD 79 while attempting to rescue his friends and, and family by ship from the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, which had already destroyed um, Pompeii and Herculaneum. And apparently the wind caused by the eruption <clears throat> didn't allow his ship to leave the port. Isn't that sad? Who knew that? Well, you do now. Anyway, back to the hagstones. There is actually no telling how old the stones, uh, any hagstone you find, might be. They have been found inside the walls of many old homes. So they were put in the walls while the home was being built. And they've been found years later during restoration and renovation. They're discovered. People used to put them inside the walls of their homes to prevent malevolent spells on their families. Or they'd put them in the wall as a protection against pixies. Or if you live in Cornwall, piskies. So what are they actually made of? In many cases, the actual stone with a hole through it will be flint or a pebble. Uh, mine, the, the four that I've got, they um, could be either limestone or a metamorphic rock. Uh, but it does seem that hagstones are not restricted to one particular type of so stone. But essentially, a hagstone is any stone that's got a hole through it. And clearly, the more rounded and smooth stones, um, they've been eroded. They're the ones that have been eroded by water and abrasion in rivers and so on and so forth. They've been tumbled with the uh, tides uh, or, or moved with a fast-flowing river water, which is why you can often find them on a beach or by a river, funny enough. Hagstones are known by other names in different regions. They're known as the holy stone, not as in holy, alleluia, amen, but holy with a H-O-L-E-Y, with a hole in the middle. Uh, they're known as an adder stone because they were believed to protect the wearer from the effects of a snake bite. In parts of Germany, there's a legend that... Uh, says adder stones are formed when serpents gather together and their venom creates the hole in the centre of the stone. They're also known as the great mother stone, a witch stone, a fairy stone, a wishing stone, a seeing stone, hex stone, an eye stone, probably because you look through it with your eyeballs, or... Um, a nightmare stone or a witch riding stone. They're also known as Odin stones, which is most likely a tribute to this huge monolith with a massive hole in it, which stood on the Orkney Islands um, for 3,000 years, quite close to the standing stones of Stennis. 
um, before it was smashed into pieces in 1814 by a man who went by the name of Captain W. Mackay. Now, Captain Mackay was not from the Orkney Islands, or he might have known better about the centuries-old traditions that took place around the Odin Stone. But he woke up one morning and decided that the hordes of people visiting these ancient sites was ruining his land. So he got up and decided to smash it into pieces. Thanks, Captain Mackay, for that one. Anyway, that was the Odin Stone doesn't exist anymore. But these little fellas uh, are a little tribute to the Odin Stone, which is why they're sometimes uh, named after it. Now, uh, it is actually quite rare to find a natural hagstone. They are more common on beaches, like I said, but they can sometimes be found inland. I did find mine on my allotment in the middle of London. And um, why is that? Well, it could be that there once upon a time was an ancient river and it ran over the land and that's how the stone got formed. Probably that's not the case, I imagine. It was probably delivered there in a sackload of pebbles by a prior allotment owner uh, who was doing something far more constructive than I ever did with my allotment when it was when it belonged to me (laughs) Uh now there's plenty of myths and legends around the stone and I find some of the myth and legends really fascinating they're considered you see a doorway or a key to the doorway into the fairy kingdom and it's believed that if you look through the hole of one of those these stones, you can gain a glimpse of the other world and see fairies. And by peering through the hole in the moonlight, you can see visions and spirits and unworldly beings. Now, that's the myth and the legend. There is some basis for truth in this, which I'll tell you when I come to explain how you can use it as a psychic tool but it's not like I don't know looking through a keyhole and seeing action on the other side if that's what you do (laughs) you weirdo looking through keyholes (laughs) but um, but there is some truth in being able to look through it I'll, I'll explain it I'll explain it Um, towards the end when I give you uh, the exercise of how you can try it for yourself. It was believed that magic cannot work on running water. And since these rare little hagstones were formed by wind and running water, then it was believed that they possess a powerful protective force from magic. And of course, magic and myth and... um, Uh, superstition was absolutely rife Mm, centuries ago when people didn't have uh, access to education and uh, books and learning. They are believed to be excellent for meditation and creative visualisation and it's said that the best hagstones are the ones that come to you. A hagstone which is found by accident they say, is thought to be luckier than one actively sought out. 
And the reason that they are called hag stones is that during these olden times, there was a great fear of the night hag. And apparently she was responsible for the theft of horses and children at an alarming rate. <laughs> now, what were they used for? They were used for all kinds of magic. Now, um... I'm, these are, I'm telling you the facts and the fiction. I'm not saying this is <laughs> the truth. I'm just telling you what I've learnt about the myth and the legend that surround the stones. I will tell you my personal uh, beliefs about them when I give you my um, exercise, or when I share with you an exercise that you can do to read, read through your own hagstones. Uh, they were used for fertility magic, healing, banishing of illness, the warding off of spirits of the dead for, as I said before, seeing into the realm of the fae, preventing bad dreams or night terrors. And people used them really for protection. They used them to protect people or livestock or property. Sailors would use them um, on their ships. They were used to protect cows and cars people if they found them they would bring them back home to serve a special purpose and that purpose was protection from witches and witchcraft because back in the day uh, people were really there was a real genuine fear that the local witch might cast an evil spell on your livestock or you know stop your cows from giving milk or the, the hens they might stop your hens from laying eggs and there was a very strong belief that witches stole horses away at night time and hag rode them hard across the moors and when they reappeared the next morning the poor beast would be in such a state that it was useless for any kind of work basically a witch could do all kinds of horrible things and inflict harm if you incurred her wrath <laughs> witches rode along the hedgerows at night i mean they were obsessed about witches <laughs> Um, so obviously, uh, back in those times, people weren't educated and they didn't have the knowledge that we have now. So they listened to superstition handed down from parent to child um, and within communities. So they went all out to protect themselves from such things and it was thought that this stone with a hole in it would do the job so you might see stones like this in barns or outhouses people still put them there to this day to protect the animals inside here in the UK fishermen also adopted the hagstone as a protective charm against malevolent witchcraft and many fishermen and as I said you know boats and sailors they still use these stones today as a superstition is still quite strong you can put this on a rope or string around your neck you can wear it so when you wore it around the neck a hex stone acted as an amulet and it protected the wearer from the evil eye and the theory was that anyone who attempted to use the evil eye would have their attention drawn to the stone and therefore they would be unable to make uh, their black magic work. Uh, people believed the stone would protect them against the chances of being led away by the pi pixies or piskies. 
If anybody suffered from repeated nightmares, the simple remedy was hang a hexstone on the bedstead and its powers would then stop any visits from the nightmare or the night hags. Um, I guess, in a way, we still do something similar by hanging dream catchers above our children's beds and things like that, trying to give them some sort of comfort, don't we? Um, stones... Oh, I nearly dropped it. Gosh, that'd be awful if I broke it. <laughs> um, they'd be hung near a pet's sleeping place to guard and protect the pet as well in the house. And... It's not uncommon to see people wearing a, a hagstone or a cord around their neck. And quite often you'll see in um, in s certain crystal shops or shops, they will sell these uh, circular discs with holes in as an amulet for protection. If you put these on a string, you can tie them to anything that you'd like to have protected. A boat, a car, a cow... Your husband <laughs> I don't know whoever <laughs> whatever I'm not suggesting you do do this I'm just still talking about the myth and the legend that goes with it so I'm not saying that these are my personal beliefs I'm just sharing just disclaimer <laughs> um, now what else can I tell you about them oh yes you can tie a hagstone to the bedpost not only to ward off your nightmares but also to help facilitate pregnancy or you could carry it in your pocket for the same reason and in some areas there are naturally hold stone formations that are large enough for a person to crawl or walk through and if you happen to see one and you're trying to get pregnant think of it as a sort of giant hag stone and you go on through that stone <laughs> and good luck you might also have to actually you know do the thing that makes babies get made <laughs> I don't think just crawling through a giant stone with a hole in it will, will quite do the job. Sometimes you might see old buildings with really big old keys and attached to the key there may well be a string with a holy stone tied to the end of it, again for protection, protection of the building. And apparently you could ease your rheumatic pains by placing a hex stone under the mattress. You don't find hag stones they find you and that makes me very happy because I've got four four of them have found their way to me Yippee! <sighs> okay they were used for healing purposes they might have been rubbed on the body of somebody who was sick to assist the body's natural healing process people would bless and charge a hag stone to absorb the disease you can place the stone in a bath of warm salt water and have a soak for 20 minutes that was meant to be very good for you for a sort of weekly cleanse of the body and they were also said to improve eyesight because you look through the hole and that was meant to help your eyesight how amazing let's take off my glasses and give it a whirl later <laughs> now how do we use this psychic stone in this modern day <clears throat> i told you all the myth and legend how they're made how they're formed how you can possibly find one for yourself so how do you use the hag stone again like any psychic tool it's about your own intuition it's nothing to do with the tool. The tool doesn't hold the magic. There's some beautiful stories about hags and witches and protection and all, all of that it was lovely to hear. But my personal point of view is it's just a stone with a hole in it. And you can use 
a stone with a hole in it as a psychic tool and make it your point of focus. You could use a stone without a hole in it, frankly. <laughs> you could use, I don't know, a, a pencil. A, um, what am I looking at here? You could use a anything, a book, a, a spot on the wall. It doesn't matter what you use as your psychic tool because the power your own soul power and your own soul knowing comes up with the information it doesn't come out of the tool it comes out of you having said that a hagstone holds its own unique energetic vibration science has proven that energy is everywhere and hagstones are the perfect conduit we are naturally receptive to the vibrations of gemstones as they can align our own vibrations with theirs. They act as a focal point for visualisation and they can become a doorway into the astral plane. Hence, when folks of old used to say uh, that hagstones opened a door to the fairy realm, they were, in a way, correct. When reading a hagstone, you are using a psychic faculty called scrying. And scrying allows the reader to achieve the state of mind required for entering trance. So, by gazing into the hole in the stone and stepping into your power, you enter a semi-altered state, a light trance state. Because the hagstone also holds its own vibration and it amplifies the reader's vibration plus that of your sitter. It is always good protocol to never touch another person's crystals or their psychic tools without their permission. And this is because they may be highly attuned to the owner's frequency. And by touching them, you will be imprinting them with your own energy. And many tarot readers don't allow their client to touch their cards. Well, I've been reading tarot for over 35 years now and I always ask the, uh, the people that I'm reading for to shuffle the cards and specifically I ask them that for the purpose of getting their energetic imprint up on the cards. If I'm reading with a hagstone for a client, I may or may not ask the client to hold the stone. It would depend, I guess, on how I felt intuitively at the time. So nothing is the right way or the wrong way to do something. You must always work with how you feel in the moment. So here is an exercise you can do at home to read your hagstone. First, you need to cleanse it. Because they're created by water and movement, I like to hold mine in my hand under a running tap until, I don't know, until it feels enough, I suppose, until it feels right. And then I air dry them on a piece of kitchen roll. Secondly, whenever I'm doing a psychic reading, I like to do a little ritual to prepare the space. Now, you don't have to do this. It is perfectly fine to read anywhere at any time. But I do find if I take the time to clean the space that I'm about to read in, if I light a candle, burn some aromatherapy oil, smudge the space, put in some music um, or put on some music, it does change something in me. 
and I am preparing my soul to read for another soul. Then next, I will center myself. And as I sit in my power for a short while, maybe just two or three minutes, focusing on my breathing and allowing my soul self to become a greater and greater expansion of itself. Then once I feel peaceful, expanded, alert, and focused, I will hold my intention in mind. So what do I mean by that? Well, perhaps my sitter, uh, the person that's come to see me, will be seeking an answer to a question. Or if I'm reading for myself, I may set my own intention for the hagstone to maybe reveal information from my higher self or from those who guide us in the second realm. So whatever you want answers to, you hold that intention in your mind. And then begin to look into the whole. You can either have both eyes open or one eye closed if you wish and bring the stone right up to the eye and look through. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to almost look beyond what you are seeing so that your images are going to come from your psychic knowing and your psychic mind. You just look down the hole, you blur your eyes, look at the imagery that comes up and feel if it is significant within your heart self and your solar plexus. You may see images or symbols which you can interpret in whichever way you feel is appropriate. You may become aware of smells or sensations or you may hear music. Um, Don't ever worry if your recipient can take the information or not. If you have got a perception about something, it can never be wrong. It might be that your interpretation is slightly wrong, but your perception will always be correct if it truly comes from your gut instinct, your sixth sense and your intuition, then it will never let you down. The images that you see may well appear within the hole in the stone. They may be static or they may be moving. You might see a symbol or you might see a moving person walking along the road like watching a film. They may appear in the hole or they may appear in your mind's eye or a blend and mixture of the two. But however those symbols appear, trust what you are getting and give the information to your client or recipient. Interpretation is like learning a new language. And the more you practice with it, the fewer mistakes you will make. The more you practice, the easier and more fun you will get from reading Hagstones. I hope you enjoyed the episode on Hagstones and if you'd like to carry on the conversation, please write a post on our Psychic Matters podcast Facebook group page. I'd love to hear from you.
I've been making some great meditations to help you with a visualization, relaxation or sitting in the power and they are for sale over on my website www.anteato.com A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com so do head over there and check those out. You may find them really useful for your psychic and mediumship development. It just remains for me to say a very big Thank you to all of you Psychic Matters listeners, wherever you are in the world. I really appreciate your time and thank you so very much for listening. Please do make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. And a huge thank you to everyone who has taken the time to write a review for this podcast. We've got some beautiful reviews now. So thank you from the from the bottom of my heart for those. And if you haven't done so yet, please can I ask you to go over to Apple Podcasts and write an honest review because they really, really help. Just to remind you that there is a full transcript of this episode available over on the show notes for this episode on my website. So head over there if you'd like to pick that up and have a fantastic couple of weeks, everybody. And until next time, my name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. Psychic Matters.